today, for example, I, as a software developer, it's so hard to imagine a world without all these cloud services that's out there, um, which is AWS, Google, Azure, and whatnot, because they have taken on the heavy lifting to build uh, really hard, complex solutions so that rest of the world can focus on innovating on behalf of their customers rather than keep reinventing the you know, not so differentiated needs between two companies. You know, there's a lot of work like that that is happening in crypto and blockchain. It's very, very early days where it makes it easier for various builders throughout the world to innovate incrementally on behalf of their customers uh, rather than having to reinvent. Um, you know, you, you could say in many things it's day one. In, in When it comes to that, it's really our one on day one when it comes to crypto. All right, everybody, listen up. You can start your 60-day trial with UiPath Automation Cloud. As a developer, you can explore a mix of UI, API, and AI automation, all in the same design environment while keeping robust governance and security. Find out more at uipath.com slash product slash automation cloud. That's uipath.com slash product slash automation cloud. Head on over, let them know the podcast sent you, and help out the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my wonderful co-hosts, Matt and Cassidy. Hey, y'all. Hello. Hello. Today, we are going to have a great guest uh, talk a little bit about crypto, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about Amazon, and we're going to talk about delivery. We're going to go virtual. We're going to go physical. We're going to run the whole gamut. Um, it should be a good episode. Dev, you are the SVP, I believe, or of engineering at Ripple. Did I get that right? That's correct. Dev, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Um, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. So we always start out by asking folks to date themselves a little. Can you tell us what was your introduction to computer programming? What got you into this world? What got you hooked or interested? And, and how did you proceed from there through your sort of education and, and career to where you are now? Absolutely. I welcome every opportunity to date myself as well. Um, <laughs> so uh, I started uh, my career, my first real job, I think 1997, started my career building shrink wrap products, you know, those you on-prem, you install it in your machine in that kind of the world. It was building technology to organize offline information in a digital format. Uh, and then be able to query, derive meaningful insights uh, to improve the experiences that uh, you want to improve, be it healthcare or be it insurance, any any particular line. It used to be in C++ and a bit of heuristics. Uh, before it was called machine learning, we did a bunch of heuristics to derive insights from large data. And some of the common things are a low latency, high throughput type of uh, products is where I started with. I'm really thankful. And I really like that introduction that I had to solve real world customer problems, uh, having real impact to people's lives on a daily basis. As part of that, I learned early on that 
the biggest leverage we have is our time and being intentional about how we use it to maximize value and impact for others was was a lesson that I still hold on to from that day on from that day beginning. However, I think the world has really evolved. Like I was very impatient with the long cycles to innovate and make continuous improvements. Uh, as a builder, there were many non-controllable inputs at that time. In contrast, now it's really an amazing time to invent and continuously improve customer experiences. It really changed my view of, uh, of how what launch means, where launch is now just a starting line, not a finish line anymore. Because in my experience, I've, you know, no single launch has ever hit a home run uh, for uh, customers at any scale, especially when you're solving problems at a global scale. And, and at Ripple, uh, we disproportionately focus on hiring such builders. Uh, we, we think of builders as people who love to invent, who look at customer experiences very, very differently and critically about what's flawed about them and seek to continuously improve. So you need to have that kind of a tinkerer mindset. So I really enjoy, uh, that's been my career progression um, from 1997, I guess. It's interesting because I feel like the uh, value proposition that you put out, as you mentioned, I see a lot of that now still. Let our AI system into your business. Uh, we'll take a peek at your data. Maybe we'll move it to the cloud for you. We'll lift and shift. And then pretty soon, you're going to notice all kinds of improvements and efficiencies in your business that you, that you didn't even know were there before. So people are still operating, I think, with that model. Although, yes, their machine learning has been tuned up a few, few degrees since uh, 1998, maybe. I'm with you on it. And it's fascinating to see. It's a very important topic uh, where... One of, for me, both in my past life and here, I think about is uh, machine learning is great. It solves a lot of non-deterministic problems in a, with very little variance, uh, if you will, like stochastic problems. That's one of the applications, but it's important. How do you make it transparent in a way where there is no bias kicks into these models? Uh, how do we ensure that we continuously look for those and evolve. So it's it's amazing to see the kind of advances that's happening today in machine learning to where it started to where it is today. Do you see much of that in your work currently at Ripple or is the kind of like technology that you're working with there fundamentally quite different? No, we do apply machine learning today at Ripple. Like one of the big need, especially in our cross-border payments business, is to ensure we have sufficient liquidity throughout the globe. And when you operate businesses at that scale, you need to really understand what the customer demand is and be able to ensure we have sufficient liquidity. So to how we plan our liquidity today and how much liquidity we should have, where should we have it, when, uh, what type of liquidity we should have, all of that is a stochastic problem today. Uh, and we have started using machine learning uh, to address those unmet customer needs we have today. Hmm. I have to jump in here and ask sort of the elephant in the room question. Uh, we are at a moment in uh, the economic cycle where some companies are being stress tested. There are margin calls coming in. People are asking, do you have the liquidity that you told us you did? Are you going to be able to make the payments or continue to provide the interest you, know, you said you would? And in some cases, recently, the answer has been no, or at least not yet, or give us a minute. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to you. So can you just you know, say what you think is happening right now? Do you feel like uh, Ripple is well-placed to weather the storm? And, and for people who may be going through sort of their first economic boom and bust, some advice on how to 
weather this storm, how to understand what's happening and how to make sure, you know, you come out the other side. Yeah, uh, such a good question, very relevant and thoughtful too, uh, given everything that's going on. I, I would say you never hope to see times like this, uh, especially in an industry like crypto with so much in- incredible talent and a lot of uh, visionary ideas on changing the world. You know, crypto has been around for about a decade. So these market changes, layoffs, et cetera, can feel even pretty jarring uh, to a growing industry, uh, leave alone in an established industry. But this isn't unlike what we saw in the dot-com um, bust or 2008 recession and more. One thing that I'm seeing today, not only in the crypto, though your question was specific to that, I, I do see what's happening Today, we are seeing a lot of impact on the market at large today. It's not necessarily a reflection of crypto and the technology. You know, early in dot-com era, like we saw a lot of companies that fell. Like, uh, I don't know how many of you remember pets.com. Then there are businesses like eBay and Amazon. They continued to be huge contributors to not only to the internet and tech, but the economy itself. But even within those businesses, there were lots of um, people know them for how successful they are, but there are a lot of failures or losses within those businesses at those times too, where, you know, it's even some of those I was part of where, you know, I need some strong pain medication to go through all of those and describe that. It's very painful even describing what those losses are. But regardless of the technology or industry, for me, it's always important to take a long-term view, which companies are solving real problems and are thinking about where they will be you know years out uh, three years five years out not just three months uh, and not be swayed by the hype is very important and it's it's another reason why you know the approach of uh, even the successful businesses like amazon and ebay and whatnot i was saying uh, even though they've had lots of misses they were very rigid on their vision they were flexible on the details on how they got there so uh, especially when you're solving big problems, so having that long-term view is very, very important. And, and Ripple, your question about Ripple, Ripple is really well-placed. Uh, we are definitely aware of what's happening out there, but at the same time, you know, we are very thankful for our customers. Our business is growing. In, in, in fact, the Q2 goals that we have, we have met that a couple of weeks prior to that. It's grown 8x in volume. And we are continuing to hire. Uh, we have a couple hundred positions open throughout the globe. Uh, and we are and we have hired successfully in the first six months as well. Um, so we aren't skipping a beat uh, with that long-term view. Because some of the things that I just said as successes were seeds that we planted many years ago. Uh, it takes that type of longitudinal view to thrive in any market, leave alone in this type of market, I would think. For those of our viewers who are unaware, would you be able to give us a quick rundown around what Ripple is and what they hope to achieve by working within the crypto space? The way I describe to my family and friends too, who are not in tech. <laughs> Good too, idea. Yep. Uh, and in, in a nutshell, you know, we work on solutions that move value, let's say money, uh, instantly. Uh, inexpensively, transparently, and, and reliably around the world, uh, 24 by 7. It's not just the 9 to 5 and some banks are open. Like, how do you do it all the time? And many of them resonate with that as they've not, they've, they've had those not so great experiences as end users. Um, so they understand what we do. 
I also add we are, we are investing in a way that it allows access and is affordable to all, including the unbanked, underserved, you know, practical access to having that kind of economic freedom is super, super important. And nearly 10 years ago, uh, the founders of Ripple had this idea to create that internet of value where the money, like uh, they called it value. Uh, moves as easily as information does today. Uh, if I want to send you an email or text, it's so instant today. Uh, gone are those days where did you get my email or did you get my text? It's so highly reliable uh, and it's almost free today. So that's how we think about our vision from a, a, a longitudinally. And at Ripple, we build crypto solutions to transform the way we move value and how we manage that, tokenize those values. Uh, we are best known for our flagship product, which is RippleNet, uh, that makes it possible for enterprises to deliver real-time cross-border payments, utilizing crypto, instant, fast, secure, transparent, with no pre-funding or tied up to the capital. Since then, we have expanded to introduce new solutions uh, for enterprises that supports crypto liquidity needs. In, in addition, we also propose and contribute tools, services, protocol development and programs uh, to developers that makes it easier to get started so that uh, whoever want to build on, uh, we contribute that in the XRP ledger uh, because we genuinely believe the vision that was set 10 years ago is way bigger than any one of us or all of us combined. Uh, we need more such ripple-like ripple companies to uh, help address those unmet customer needs. And so we contribute many of the things that we build towards the XRP ledger as well. I think that's something that's, it's so important to be able to make it easy access to developers and stuff if you do want it to grow. And that's something that I know myself as a developer, I've, tried to experiment with like the crypto space and then it cost me a lot of money just trying to experiment with it and that's not great and and uh and I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one in it and so having that kind of easy access to play with it without risking your own funds as you play with it I think is really important to make it accessible for everyone yeah su such a good point like today like for example without Today, I can, I, as a software developer, it's so hard to imagine a world without all these cloud services that's out there, um, which is AWS, Google, Azure, and whatnot, because they have taken on the heavy lifting to build uh, really hard, complex solutions so that the rest of the world can focus on innovating on behalf of their customers rather than keep reinventing the you know, not so differentiated needs between two companies. You know, there's a lot of work like that that is happening in crypto and blockchain. It's very, very early days where it makes it easier for various builders throughout the world to innovate incrementally on behalf of their customers uh, rather than having to reinvent. Um, you know, you, you could say in many things it's day one. In, in When it comes to that, it's really our one on day one. When it comes to crypto and blockchain, there's lots to be done there. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting work that's going on around around the many chains, including the XRP ledger that I was just mentioning to you about. So you have a background, as you mentioned, you know, working in, in software, starting on-prem, and then you, you were director of software development. Um, at Amazon and at Microsoft, you worked in delivery experience. I'd love to touch on those, but just one more question sort of on the Ripple front first. When you look at 
performing, um, you know, a utility for a customer. Like I know you mentioned cross-border transactions. Um, and I saw on the website something about remittance, which has always seemed to me like an interesting use case for crypto. If you have to send money home to somebody or you want to cross borders and you want to avoid, as you mentioned, the time it might take to a traditional financial institution or you're unbanked or the fees are too high, perhaps some of these blockchains start to offer you interesting alternatives. So I'd be curious to hear you know, what Ripple does for remittance. I guess the challenge, it seems like, and I'd be curious to know how you as someone with experience in software deal with this is the issues of international law, financial security, you know, regulatory compliance. Like you want to be able to innovate and move past those things. At the same time, I think what we're seeing now is some of the dangers of a largely unregulated, you know, securities market that maybe uh, had boomed for a while unchecked. Um, and a lot of people were unaware of some of the downside risk when you're dealing with a largely unregulated entity. So if you could just weigh in a little bit on that, like from the software engineer's perspective, how do you, how do you work in that space? How do you do it safely? And how do you, you know, actually, you know, provide utility to a customer? Yeah, it's a great question. I'll, I'll touch on a couple of things. If you look at Ripple, the cross-border payments product that I mentioned, which allows enterprise customers to move money with instant settlement, we, we've solved this by using cryptocurrency XRP as a bridge asset between two fiat currency pairs. In turn, our customers don't have to lock up capital in pre-fund destination, uh, thus freeing up working capital for them. Additionally, we give also access to optional credit lines to our customers as part of our RippleNet payments product, which helps solve their liquidity challenges, uh, not just in the payments, but throughout their organization, such as internal treasury management and so forth. When you think about payment cross-border, you're mostly looking at international wire as an alternative or an aggregator that using a service like parking capital. All of those ads cost your business. Uh, we provide a modern application uh, built with technology that was literally created for this value movement, uh, which lets you settle funds and pay, pay out right away, uh, all while saving our customers a lot of working capital kind of uh, thing. When it comes to regulatory aspect of it, all the companies that we work with are regulated entities uh, as well. Uh, we do those KYC, sanction screening, uh, all of those that's part of these processes. So when we think about solutions, we think about how do you ensure that what the respective regulatory needs are, we are able to, from a technology perspective, able to partner or address uh, in a way where we are able to meet not only the sending countries' uh, regulatory needs, but also who's on the receiving side. Uh, we have corresponding software and services that we connect with uh, to do all of those compliance checks that you're just mentioning about. Can you tell us a little bit about your time at, at Amazon? It seems like you had a couple of different roles there, but I guess I'm curious, like, what did you learn when it came to software engineering or managing you know, developers there? And when it says delivery experience, what does that mean? Did you end up having to learn a lot about physical processes and logistics and shipping? Or you know, were you in the world of the app and the notifications and things like that? So the, you're correct. In the last job before I took at Ripple, uh, I led delivery experience at Amazon, uh, but oh, I spent 15 years there. I'll start maybe with your last question and what delivery experience means is my department, we wake up in the morning and think about 
what are the ways to improve delivery experience for the customers in a way where it improves our customers' lives? For example, uh, in the US, uh, my team was responsible to launch uh, Prime two-day delivery into a one-day. We come up with products ideas such as that. Uh, we launched a program where we delivered four times a day, uh, like loosely breakfast, lunch, dinner, and just before you go to bed. What are the things as a builder uh, for me that I learned? Like for me, there, there are a few things uh, about that having that customer-obsessed uh, culture where you start from the customer and work backwards. There is no one swing that hits the home run. You have to have many swings with the bat, uh, especially when you're solving problem at a global scale and, and really continuously iterating on it, like having that thinker's mindset uh, are all very, very important um, uh, fr from a longitudinal perspective. Those are some key lessons and takeaways for me from Amazon. Do you find that you use those kinds of leadership principles that are very prevalent? I'm, I'm an ex-Amazon person too. Uh, those leadership principles in at, at Ripple, do you, do you have some similar ones or, or, or do you kind of, I can tell the way you talk, you have that customer obsession that, that is very, very key at Amazon, but are there other ones that, that you try to bring in day-to-day uh, -day that have stuck with you? Yeah. One has stuck with me and thinks that uh, I see very consistently here uh, at, at Ripple, we call it Legos, L-E-G-G-O-S. <laughs> like, for example, ownership, it's a big, big part to it. Having that kind of a, mm. uh, insurgent founder's mentality of going and addressing all the unmet customer needs. Uh, we believe in problems don't age well. Uh, so we are very transparent in how we communicate. Uh, we insist on the highest standards on behalf of the customers here. And, and acting boldly, uh, those are characteristics that you see here. Similar to many companies, as you can imagine, there's no roadmap to where we are going. And there's going to be a lot of uh, misattempts or uh, I would call it losses along the way. but at the end of it, when you succeed, the, the reward for the customers is very, very high. So we are totally okay with that process being a bit messy, but keep that uh, eye on the final, uh, you know, having that vision and how close are we to realize that vision. Those are traits that you see consistently uh, across Ripple. I'm, I'm thankful that when I joined from day one, those are things that I didn't skip a beat. I was able to what do you call it, ramp up very quickly because it's hard to do in a, I joined during the virtual work work from home period, uh, especially joining a new company has its own challenge. Hmm. Uh, uh, and these aspects of it, uh, I didn't skip a beat uh, in terms of that founder's mentality within the company. I'm very curious because you've spent throughout your career, you did 11 years at Amazon, another two and a half years at Microsoft and another three years back at Amazon. You know, you're working in very kind of like established household names in industries that haven't quite matured, but like they've they've been around and they will continue to be around for a very long time. So I'm very curious as to going from working within industries like that and jumping to something as volatile and forward thinking as uh, you work at Ripple. Like, what was the main motivation to leave those kind of behind? Yeah, I'll say two things. Maybe I'll just slightly change the premise of the question, if that's okay mm. with you. The interesting thing, these household names that you're talking about, uh, I'll speak for Amazon, for example, there are thousands of startups within Amazon. So from outside in, it looks like one big company, all the volatility, all the unproven ideas, 
Competing for resources. Uh, uh, <laughs> competing for resources. All, all of that exists uh, there as well. But going back to the spirit of your question, like I've always been attracted to the idea of uh, helping drive innovations to get people the fundamental necessities to how they live. You know, and to I genuinely believe to achieve that at a global scale, it is essential to make fundamental breakthroughs. And and waking up every morning to work on such an opportunity is exciting. Um, you know, uh, we all work from home, but even if it's in a physical place, I'm happy to jog to work every day on, to work on such an opportunity. Uh, it's such a cool thing to go work on. Uh, crypto and blockchain present that same opportunity for builders to tackle a, a difficult problem. And when scaled and built well, uh, it can have a very profound impact on the world. Yeah. And secondly, I I am genuinely inspired by people who has this long-term view. Like I'm inspired by Ripple's vision. It's bold. It's it enables the world to move value the way information moves today. is is pretty inspiring. Uh, and when I spoke with the leadership team first, and subsequently with various employees on the front line as part of the interview process, I, I sense that deep passion to raise the standards on behalf of underserved customers. Um, uh, and, and, and lastly, I, I think, I genuinely believe the customer need is very durable in nature, the areas that we are focused on, uh, and has the potential to be multiple large businesses. I believe we can intelligently expand the boundaries of um, what we offer as core to continue to uh, improve customer experience. And you need to have such kind of a longitudinal focus because these are opportunities where there is no ceiling to what we can pursue type of opportunities. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. As always, we are going to shout out the winner of a badge. We're out of lifeboat badges, so folks need to get on that. Uh, so I will shout out someone who's been given a curious badge. They've asked a well-received question on five separate days and maintain a positive question record. So thank you to Ram for coming on and helping spread some knowledge as well as asking a few questions and hopefully learning a few things. Appreciate it. I am Ben Popper. I'm the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Cassidy Williams. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things. I do developer experience and jokes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Matt Kenander. I'm a developer advocate here at Stack Overflow. My jokes aren't as good as Cassidy's, but you can find me on Twitter and YouTube uh, at Matt Kander, M-A-T-T-K-A-N-D-E-R. Uh, I'm Dave Rajwaradhan. I go by Dave. Uh, thank you for having me. I uh, really enjoyed our conversation. Um, you can find uh, more about what Ripple does in ripple.com uh, in our website. Terrific. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>